Last year, I was doing a series on the life of Moses, and we kind of started at his birth and went all the way up to after he led the Israelites out of Egypt and crossed over the Red Sea. And it just felt like a good time to kind of pick that series back up and to continue from after Moses and the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, what happened next to Moses? Because that wasn't the end of Moses' Moses's life, and there was still a lot that God did in Moses' life and through him. So we're going to pick that series back up today, and we're going to read from Exodus chapter 16, which is just a couple chapters over. So let's begin reading from verse 1 of that chapter. It says, The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. So let's stop there for a moment. Now let's remember the context of what brought the Israelites here. Because yes, they are in the desert, and they would like to have some food. But they just came out of Egypt, where they were enslaved by the Egyptians. And when they came to the Red Sea, God miraculously parted the waters for them to walk across on dry ground and shut the waters on the Egyptian pursuers right behind them. So they just witnessed all of this, and they've finally been given freedom. And yet, they're complaining to Moses and Aaron and grumbling against them about what they used to have, and what they don't have anymore, what they've now lost. And rather than remembering all of the terrible things that they experienced in Egypt, they instead recalled just this kind of one nice thing that they had while they were there that they don't have anymore. And they're not focusing on all of the miraculous signs that they have been seeing, all the ways that God has been protecting them, or even this new freedom that they have. Instead, they're focused on what they don't have anymore. They're focused on what they have lost. And sure, they don't have those pots of meat lying around anymore. They, they lost that, sure. But look at what they do have they do have their freedom. They're being led by God's chosen prophet. And say, okay, what? but that's not necessarily food, right? That's not something to eat. Well, let's consider what else they had. Moses made sure when he was going before Pharaoh and demanding that he let, his, let God's people go, right? Let the Israelites go. One of the things that eventually came out of those discussions was that Pharaoh allowed the Israelites to leave with all of their flocks and herds. They had all of their animals with them. So there was clearly no shortage of food because they had their whole livestock. And sure, part of that was also their livelihood. And by now, the provisions that they would have brought with them, those provisions would have run out. And now they would have been having to 
kind of delve into their livelihood in order to sustain themselves, but it wasn't as though they were in any danger of starving anytime soon. They still had plenty with them. But rather than focusing on all that they had, they only focused on what they'd lost. This is something that we can sometimes do in our own lives as well, and it's a very unhealthy place to be where we are so focused on the things that we don't have or even the things that we've lost that we miss out on the things that are right in front of us. And we don't appreciate what we do have because we're too busy wishing we could get back those things that we've lost. And more often than not, those things that we've lost are never coming back. And we need to be able to let, go, let those things go and sometimes let those people go. And instead, focus on what we still have. That's what the Israelites needed to do. They needed to let go of what they had lost. And instead, be able to enjoy the incredibly wondrous things that they did have. But now, let's look at how God responded to them. Continue reading at verse 4. Says, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So despite the fact that the Israelites weren't appreciating what they did have, and that they were now complaining about the things they didn't have, despite all of that, God still decides that he is going to provide food for them in this miraculous way. And I noticed when I was reading through this for this sermon that God says he's going to provide them food, and in this way he will test them and see whether they will follow his instructions. So, as God is providing them with the food that they so desperately want, he is doing so as a test. And just like with any test, right, the purpose of a test is to make sure that a lesson has been learned, right? We take a test to show that, okay, we've learned the lesson, we understand what we needed to know, and we can put that in a test, and show that we can pass a test to show that we know these things. So if that's the case, then the question becomes, what lesson was God trying to teach them through this? And I believe that the lesson that God was trying to teach the Israelites is that they needed to know who he was. And let me explain what I mean by that and, and why I believe that to be the lesson that God is trying to teach them. When you look at this passage, you'll notice that the Israelites were not complaining against God for their situation. They were complaining against Moses and Aaron. So they saw Moses and Aaron as being their leaders rather than God being their leader. So that was the first thing that God needed to to show them was, no, 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 no. It's not Moses and Aaron that are leading you. I'm leading you. 
I'm your God. I'm the one who is doing this. And Moses and Aaron, they're just my spokesmen. They're just my representatives. They are representing me to you. But you need to recognize that I am the one behind all of this. He wanted to show them that he was the one who brought them out of Egypt. Not Moses and Aaron. He was the one who brought them out. And not only did he bring them out, but the second part of this lesson that he was teaching them here is that he was also going to take care of them that he was going to provide them with what they needed. Because the works of God that they had experienced up to this point was primarily the works of God against the Egyptians. And those were not pleasant things to receive. But they didn't fully understand what God's relationship was with them was. And as far as they knew... God was going to smite them just as he smote the Egyptians. And so by God sending them bread to provide for them in this time, he wanted to show them that he was going to take care of them. But if God was going to take care of them, they had a part to play in that relationship as well. And that's where the second part of this comes in, where God says, I'm going to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. Because the Israelites needed to know that they needed to listen to God, that they needed to follow God's instructions. And it was only as long as they obeyed the instructions of God that he would provide for them. But all of this comes back to this idea that they needed to know who God was and what their relationship with God was. Both what God was doing for them, and also what they needed to do for God. Because up until this point, they were just kind of the bystanders. They were just passerbys seeing what God was doing upon Moses, and seeing what God was doing against the Egyptians, and they were just kind of along for the ride. But now it was going to be different. Now God's eyes were going to be upon them. And that wasn't a bad thing. It wasn't something to be scared about. But they weren't just following Moses and Aaron out to the desert. They were following God's direction. He was the one they were following. And he was going to take care of them. But they did need to listen. And when we look at those lessons that God was trying to teach the Israelites, we see within those lessons the same lessons that we need to learn as followers of Christ. That, okay, for the Israelites, they needed to know that God brought them out of Egypt in order to recognize God. That's something that we need to do. We need to recognize the work of God and His hand, His influence in our life. To see that he is there. And to recognize all that he has done for us. And that includes the ways that he takes care of us as he was offering to take care of the Israelites here. But the Israelites needed to accept God as their caretaker. They needed to accept the love 
that God had for them. Not just recognize who God was in all of his infinite glory and power, but also accept the love that that God had for them. And again, it's the same for us. We recognize who God is, and he calls us to accept the love that he has already shown to each and every one of us. And then the response, that the Israelites needed to listen to God's instructions. That was their part to play in this. And in order to do that, they needed to trust him. To trust that God would take care of them. To trust that God's ways were better than their own ways. And again, same for us. That we recognize who God is, we accept his love for us, and then in response to that, we are called to trust him. To place our faith in him and let him guide us forward. That requires relationship and trust. And now for the Israelites, this was completely new. Sure, they knew about God, but this was the first time they were experiencing God in their own life. And that's why God's trying to teach them this lesson that they need to know who he is and know what his relationship with them is and also know what part they play in that relationship. All of it was about coming to a knowledge of God. Now for us who are followers of Christ, these are things that we should already know. The question then becomes not do we know them, but rather, do we walk in them? And do we practice them? So whereas the Israelites, they needed to know God at this time, we, as followers of God, we need to remember him. Not exclude him from our lives, not just put him up on a shelf as we go and live the life that we want to live, but to remember him. Remember who he is. Remember what he does for us and, and what he wants to do for us and in us and trust him through it all. To keep him at the center of our lives. To remember our God. Unfortunately, the Israelites were not great at following instructions. If we jump down to verse 17 of this chapter, God's given them the instructions of what it is that they are supposed to do when he brings this heavenly bread to them. But look what happens. At verse 17, it says, The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little, Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. So the Israelites started off pretty good here, that they only took what they were supposed to take. They didn't gather any more or less than what they were instructed. However, when the instruction then came from Moses to not keep any of it until morning, they ignored him. 
They paid no attention to him, and a few of them, not all of them, but a few of them, chose to ignore that and try to keep some left over for the morning. But they found that it was all for waste, because it was full of maggots and had begun to smell. It had gone bad overnight. Now, we could say that the Israelites here were exhibiting simple greed, right? They wanted more than they needed. They took more than they needed. But really, that's not exactly what we see being the issue here. Because it's not that they took more than they needed. What actually happened was that they simply disobeyed the instruction of Moses to not try to keep it for longer than they needed it. And that's really, you know, there, there is an element of greed in that decision. But I would say that this is less about greed and more of a desire to have some kind of control to the situation. I would suspect that many of the Israelites wondered if this was going to be the last bread that they got. The first bread and the last bread. They didn't know that it was going to keep coming, and they were probably fearful that it wouldn't. And they doubted that God would continue to provide for them when they needed it. And so they wanted to have some semblance of control of the situation by not eating their fill, right? Because everybody gathered as much as they needed, no more, no less. So they would have had to not eat their fill in order to keep some left over despite what they had been told, that they'd been told not to do that, right? Not eat their fill so they can disobey that instruction to have some left over just in case they needed it. Then they would be able to have a greater control of their situation, that they've prepared for this and they're being responsible. But this really wasn't about responsibility. This was about fear. And in reaction to that fear, that desire to take and to hold and to remain in control of the situation, even if that meant disobeying the instructions of God spoken to them by Moses, it showed that they didn't trust God. They didn't trust Moses. They were only going to trust themselves to be able to get themselves through this situation even though God had just miraculously given them what they needed, they were still not willing to trust God with their lives. They would only trust themselves with their lives. And they would hold on to it. They would take whatever they could get their hands on. And boy, that tight grip is exactly the issue they were having at the start of this, wasn't it? That that tight grip that they had that refused to let go of what they had already lost, that now they were trying to have a tight grip on the new things that they were being given. It all came down to keeping that tight grip, staying in control, to dominate what they could, to bend the entire situation around what they desired and what they thought was best. And they would not submit to the authority of Moses or God because they wanted to stay in control. And they wanted to take all they could get and hold on to it for as long as they could. 
and the instruction that they were given to not keep any till morning was addressing that same issue of the heart that was telling them to let go of what they had left in Egypt. God was trying to teach them to stop trying to have such a tight grip on your life because it's going to rot away in your hand. Let it go. Stop trying to hold on to it. Stop trying to take what isn't yours. Release it. Move on. And there are so many things in our life that we want nothing more than to hold on to with a tight grip. Whatever that thing is, whatever the reason is, we say, I'm not willing to give this to anyone, not even to God. And in doing so, we show that we do not trust God, that we don't recognize who he is and that what he desires is best. He loves us, and he wants to lead us into what is good in every part of our life, and yet there are things that we still hold on to and won't give to him. And God is saying, let it go. Don't let it just rot away in your hand. And, and a lot of these things, they're already gone and they aren't coming back. And it's okay because that's not all you have. There is still so much that you do have. And no matter what happens in our life, no matter what is taken away from us, no matter what kind of loss or pain we go through in our life, nothing will remove us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from God's love. He is always there with us, calling us into his arms. And truly, there is nothing on earth that we can try to hold on to that compares to all that God is. And there are times in our life when God calls us to let go of what we're trying to hold on to. And we have to decide, just like with the Israelites and Moses, are we going to listen to the instruction or are we going to pay no attention to it and ignore it and follow what we want instead? There may be something right now that God is asking you. No, not, not even asking. He is telling you to let go of. God doesn't really ask for things from us. He tends to tell us to do what is good for us. And so there might be something right now that God is telling you to let go of. The question is, are you willing to? Is there something in your life that you are holding on to with a death grip that you need to give to God? That he is telling you, don't hold on to it until morning. It will go rotten. Give it to me. It's the lesson he was trying to teach the Israelites, and it's a lesson that we need to remember. And that's today's Sermon in the Pocket. Kind of more about the Israelites than Moses for this one, but we'll keep going along and, and looking at all that Moses does. And I'm sure that there will be many more passages that focus 
a lot more on him and his relationship with God. But until then, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I pray that God is speaking to you through these sermons. As always, if you have any comments or questions for me, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me either through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page, or you can also email me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. And I do also have a Patreon that you can support me if you so desire. Not at all a requirement. But again, thank you for listening, and I pray that God will bless you as you go throughout your day. Thank you.